Hey guys, Alice here. I wanted to let you know that today's episode was pre-recorded on June 3rd, and a lot of the conversation that Jarrett and I are having is about the important events that were happening around that time. We really appreciate everyone's support, and thank you for listening. I uh, enjoy podcasting. It is my life. How many marshmallows do you have in your house right now? Do you ever do Mad Dog 2020? Women talk to dumb people every day, Jarrett. Yeah, maybe they can fix that in editing. Hello. I don't know if genius means what you think it means. Searching for Rick. What's going on? How are you surviving? Um, doing all right. Do you talk to your kids about what goes on on the news, like on the on TV and stuff? With the- yeah, so we talk. Well, so Dylan's our oldest; she's seven. Finn's four, so mostly Dylan at this point. Um, so we talked a little on Saturday. I had planned to talk to her, and then she walked up and saw me crying. <laughs> oh. So it kind of just happened, um, and I explained to her what happened. And of course she said, why? And I said, well, that's the problem. There's not a reason. (laughs) And um, then she got really concerned about her friends and um, if they were going to be hurt. And, uh, you know, then I explained to her that, you know, it's our job to make sure that doesn't happen. And right now is the time to start working on that. (laughs) Even though it's been worked on, we're going to work on it again. And, you know, that, her friends definitely are going to live a different life than she is, but she yeah. has to um, do what she can do to protect them. And, you know, so we kind of talked a lot about that. And then I ordered some books off Amazon. Nice. Cause I was like, I just need, you know, something. I don't know how to talk to her exactly, you know, cause I'm, don't know what to say and I'm having to learn too. Right. So, so there's like some children's books out there. Oh yeah. There's a bunch of children's books. Our mutual friend recommended a few. My four-year-old, he sees color, but he doesn't see a difference. So, you know, at this point, it's sustaining that and just answering questions as they come up, but not going too into detail because they take things so literally at that age. Mm. It's really hard to navigate, or at least my kids do. I'm not going to speak for all children. I'm sure there's some really deep thinking four-year-olds out there. I mean, you're right about everybody's kids. I feel like everybody's kids are all the same. They're all the same. No, all the same. But... no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. So, you know, it's it's just kind of figuring out how to give him information. And it's more of like helping him to look at the world in a way that is accepting and seeing that everybody can have the same jobs, that everybody can play the same games, that every, you know, it's just about mm-hmm. inclusivity at this point. Obviously, if we don't make some big changes, he'll start picking up for himself that something's different. Um, And then we'll have to have bigger conversations around that, of course. But yeah, I mean, I try to think back about my parents and like, what conversations did we have? I grew up in a rural town in the South that still is pretty segregated as far as parts of town where people live. Mm -hmm. And our bus system was actually segregated until I was in third grade. So there was a we were, we were one of the last for black people and seating for white people. No, no, no. There was a bus, a bus for black people, and the rest were for white people. Shut and this, this up. bus driver. No, I'm serious. This bus driver had to drive all around the county in the morning to get kids because they lived in different parts of the county. It made no sense. The routing made no sense. Nothing, and it didn't change until 
my parents and a handful of other parents just raised hell. And then finally, I re- I mean, I'm, I'm way too young. I mean, I'm not young, but I'm way too young to remember this. Like I sh- this shouldn't have happened in my lifetime. Right. Yeah. I remember crazy. when they desegregated our bus system because I had to, I switched buses for that to happen in my lifetime is insane. So that would have been crazy. Nineties, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's so backwards. Right. But I have to give credit to my parents who, I mean, look, we all as white people have a lot of work to do in our communities and on ourselves still. So there's no perfect situation, but I am thankful that I had parents that were much more progressive and much and were willing to like speak out and stand up for that community when it needed to. That was a good example. So I feel like the conversation pointedly maybe didn't happen, but like I always had an example. That's good. I didn't know that tidbit of knowledge about you. That's interesting. Well, it's not something you walk around telling no, me. I mean, still, that's a crazy thing to, to, to experience even like from our generation. I just like, I can't fathom like the whole bus uh just bus segregation and just segregation in general like i just i couldn't fathom well when it was it shows you it was just a leftover right like it wasn't that somebody was actively like saying we have to keep this in place it was like nobody thought to change nobody thought thought to change change yeah it's kind of like how i think alabama or something one of those states alabama or mississippi like one of them just um uh, desegregated their school system. The schools are already integrated, but they never desegregated the schools officially in the in the law. So they actually changed it in the law to say that that, the, uh, that schools okay. were desegregated. Right, because federal law made it so public schools were right. integrated. But locally, you're saying the state law never changed. the state law book, it doesn't say, it didn't say up until like 2015 or 2000, I think it was 15 or 16 or something, that um, it was desegregated. But like it was already, of course, like we said, it's already in- integrated, but it's still funny, like those schools were not officially desegregated until 2000 something. That's crazy that like, even still, like nobody. I would make an Alabama joke right now, but Georgia's not doing too great. I know. Yeah, because so. you know, we don't have a hate crime law. Isn't that crazy, state of Georgia? In Georgia? Yeah, we don't have a hate crime law. Yeah, I just learned this. Although it makes sense, of, doesn't it? Because of the Ahmad Arbery uh, situation, I've recently learned that there is no hate crime law here in um, in Georgia, and that's crazy. Right, because I'm sure somebody kept it down because they didn't want it to be another thing that could be. Well, the excuse they gave was such bullshit. They were like, I guess it's because we're just, you know, we've just been that state that's too busy to hate. And we just, we just don't look at, we just too didn't. busy to hate. You know, like Georgia? Atlanta, you know, like Atlanta's the city too busy to hate or whatever. I guess he's uh-huh. trying to say like Georgia, the state of Georgia is apparently the same way. Which is so it's, ignorant. It's the most ignorant. Yeah. It's the most ignorant thing in the world. Like it's just shut up. Like, oh, we didn't think we needed it. Oh, I mean, yeah, the whole thing's crazy. It is. I don't have live TV, so of course I've been like, ah, I did get on the CNN app. Mm-hmm. And I happened to turn it on right when that guy that lives in the White House was on. <laughs> and he was doing his speech in the Rose Garden that was basically like the father who's trying to control his children. Is this the one he just yeah. had recently? Yes. Get back in your houses and stop this protesting yeah. or I'm going to yeah. spank you. And, you know, said he was going to use uh, 
the U.S. military if the mayors couldn't handle it and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then, and the whole time CNN's live and they have cameras above and then people on the ground. And the cameras above are showing the protesters in the park across the street, peaceful protesters. A lot of them have been on the knees the whole time. And then he starts walking and they just start firing tear gas and rubber bullets at people. Oh, this is the day he goes to the church to take his yes. picture with the Bible. So he goes to the church to take his picture with the Bible. Like, Did you see that picture? It is so funny to me. Like the look on his face is just like the biggest grimace. Looks like it burns or something. Well, what's interesting to me is uh, we know what he's doing, right? Like that's yeah. an appeal for his face. It's going on one news channel and they're showing it over and over and over just with the photo, right? Yeah. But if you just look at him holding that book and that face, it, are you inspired? What are you feeling right now? What does no, that do for it's scary. Face? It's yeah, it just looks creepy to His me. His face is already frightening. Like like he chooses not to smile or to make a f- face of bravery or something. It's just it's always this like evil face. Like just I'm just gonna look mad every single time I take a picture. Yeah, it's like oh okay, well you choose to make that face. He wants people be, people to remember him as a serious president, I guess, because he never smiles really. He always makes that grimace face, and it's like yeah. I guess maybe he wants the history books to remember him as this Teddy Roosevelt type president who just didn't take oh, absolutely. No and and you know after tonight or last night things had calmed down a little bit, and of course he credits himself. Ugh. Um, which this is a great jumping off point for me to go into our follow up from our episode five, the last okay. episode. Yeah, do we talk because- about something? Talked a little bit about well, we were talking obviously about some things, yeah. yeah. And um, we taught you said something about the Trump tweet that he tweeted about George Floyd. You didn't know if it was real or not because there's so many doctored tweets yeah. going around social media. Well, I tried to find it, but then I threw up in my mouth as I was going through his feed. His I did tweets. Not, <laughs> yeah, I, did, I did not follow him just for the record. Yeah, I logged in to Twitter and just see some of like the latest. So yeah. I couldn't go far enough back for one, but like, I I know that I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm just like, I can't, it's so blatant. I can't believe anybody ever believes anything he says, but yeah. I will say this, this tweet was up there. My administration has done more for the black community than any president since Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> he put that up there. Oh man. It's so funny how stuff is like coming to light all of a sudden, like this year. And I'm like, I just don't get, wasn't things always like things were kind of racist and shitty, like, f- like back in the, like in the early 2000s. I'm just confused as to like, why is this year seems so revelating? Like people are just coming to these revelations of, oh, I didn't realize it. Oh my God. It's like, for example, so I, I hate to bring this up, but you know, we both worked at the ballet. So, um, yeah. do you remember this ghetto party that they had? When was this, that the it dancers had, uh, it was like a back party? to back to work party or something. Okay. It was back in 2009. You were, you were there cause I was there. Yeah. I left in 2011. Okay. Yeah. So I started in 2009 fall, like okay. September, 2009. And uh, I guess they had already maybe been back to work by then. I want to say a ballet dancer um, that it was a member of a black ballet dancer who was a member of the uh, company um, talked about on her social media about this party that they had, this back to work party. And the theme was ghetto. 
and uh, talked about how these uh, other dancers were all, you know, dressed for the part. Like they had, they were dressed, quote unquote, quote What did unquote, they wear? Ghetto. I mean, I guess wife beaters and chains and I don't know if they did blackface. I, have, I, have, I remember seeing pictures. Uh, my roommate, my ex-roommate, uh, used to be a dancer at Atlanta Ballet, and he showed right. me some pictures. And I was slick offended when I first saw it. So this is this is the, this is, I mean, a perfect example of if if you as a group or even individually talk to any of those people at those at that party, mm-hmm. I would guess that the majority of them are not going to associate themselves with being racist or culturally insensitive or anything in that moment. Right, but. This is the thread that uh, white people keep missing is that, oh, no, I'm, I'm not racist. This is just a ghetto party. Right. No, no. Where do you think that term came from? Where do you think, you know what I mean? Like there's just, it's just thoughtlessness. Like did they have malice intent? Probably not. But it's that thread that's, that's there through a party possibly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that then gets taken into the workplace, mm-hmm. gets taken onto the street as a cop. Gets taken, you know what I mean? It keeps threading. And I think that, you know, the reason we're here right now having the conversation, even though you're right, it's been, it's been going on. This isn't new is one, as Will Smith said, well, it's not new. It's being videoed, but also it's a tipping point. So like Trevor Noah posted a great video this week, just talking about like, it's not just this, it's a tipping point and you have leadership that's so divisive and has made us divisive before this point that you've got a tipping point with all of these events and the fact that we're already so divided as a country. Yeah. That that's so sparks start flying. Yeah. Also shout out to Disney for posting, um, uh, you know, on social media about um, there's just, they're supporting this, this whole movement thing. I know. So big media companies. companies. This is, this is the point where people are drawing lines in the sand. Yeah. Like companies are either you're supporting or you're not supporting. Yeah, yeah. I know a few companies that have not, you know, have not posted on social media or said a word about, you know, their support or anything like that. You know how we say these memes about like your silence is is uh, speaks volumes. Speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we. I mean, the same goes with corporations. If you look at a corporation, yes, you have. Uh, a voice as well, and if you don't say anything, your silence is is saying, it, it's something. saying something. It speaks those yeah. volumes. The, the something something's up. Like yeah. what's what's going on? And like the NFL, I noticed they didn't post, they didn't say mm-hmm. anything, or they haven't said anything yet. Everybody's saying where's the NFL? Yeah, people aren't saying anything. Like like certain corporations aren't saying anything. I don't think did Walmart say something? I don't think they said anything either. So I mean, there's certain companies that you just have to ask and question yourself. Right. Are people make a saying, yeah, make make it a like what what do you? Are you are you because uh, like I said, if you if you don't say you support it or at least acknowledge it somehow that you are in support of it, then it, it says a lot. But then that's the other thing too. It's like Walmart and the NFL; they both use black labor so so much. Like the majority of their labor force boots on the f- yeah right. yes, their labor force is African American, and so I just. Uh, I just feel like it's it's almost like you're using a, a black people in that ten, in that in that ex, uh, to that ex, to that extent. Well, like, right, the people that make your company, yeah, are the people you need to be supporting. Like Disney gave a shout out 
like to their black employees in their social media posts. There was something to the effect of to our black storytellers and our black engineers. It, it was really sweet how they did it. They, they made it personal. At least just tell your employees that, hey, we support you and whatever you want to do and during this time of of figuring out justice or whatever. But it's just like, you know, some companies are, it's clear slaps in the face. Like even right. with the NFL, like I saw something, they posted something on uh, on their page like three days ago, just about some passing yards, rushing bullshit. And I'm sure you got some players that are out there participating and protesting. Right. You couldn't just follow that player and say that you support the players in their protest. And it, it just, it's, 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 again, it just harkens back to Ka- Colin Kaepernick too, as well. And you know, when he took that right. knee and right. they refused to, you know, view the protest as for what it was, as opposed to it being disrespectful to the flag, just being on the right side of history, being on the right side of history. Know? Exactly. And, 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 this is the right side. Like there yeah, is no question about that. To justify racism or to justify police brutality, even on uh, unarmed black men. I mean, it's to, to like not even say, yeah, I'm against that. And to try and justify it and say, hey, we support cops or whatever you want, whatever it is you want to say counterproductively. Uh, it, it, it's so stupid to make those stances now. It's just, why do people continue to say this? Well, you know, I, I'm still supporting these cops or, you know, well, they shouldn't be destroying property and they shouldn't be, uh, you know, just like stop being anti the point. That's what I'm but saying. They're anti the, the point. Like, they, they're point. not even realizing yeah. the main point of things like they wouldn't be destroying property if, if or they wouldn't, you know, or. But the reason they're not, they don't want to realize it is because it will make them realize something in themselves. Hopefully. And, and if, if they say that that is what's happening and that there is a systemic, you know, there is systemic racism in, Mm -hmm. in the United States. And as a white person, I am part of that system. Then they're having to find a really shitty part of themselves. There's plenty of people like this that in their mind, they've never acted on racism. Right. But that doesn't you can still mean be passively racist. That's, that's, you, no, that, that is a thing. There's subconscious things. Yes. Crossing or, the street. You know, or, or gripping like, your purse when you when walk you, when by you, somebody on, on the street. or Sure, sure. So there's all kinds of things like that that are so far down and they're part of your subconscious that you don't yeah. even recognize them anymore. Because they're so practiced, and so I, I, you can't change something if you refuse yeah. to look at but it. That means like changing people's like lifestyles, and like if particularly people who are passively racist. You know, if if you, it's one thing to be actively racist, and you know, just you know, say say the n word all the time, and make TikToks about how you know black people are like this. But then I feel like there's a passive racism that a lot of white people have from years of learning and years of being raised a certain way. And so you just don't know any better and you just literally live that life. And now you got to like completely start all over again. Like, I don't know many people who would do that. I would love to say that it'll be a light switch and everybody will change overnight. That's not going to happen. Right. But it's about progress, not perfection, right? Like every step is a better step in the right direction than where we were before. Yeah. And I think that the black community has already been too patient. Oh. I think that what the white community has to be able to show is that we are actually working to change that. And, you know, we can do that better by supporting organizations that are already there and are already doing the work, right? 
Yeah, just show some form of sympathy. Just like the the, the apathy and lack of caring like that, that that you see from people that are out there is just like especially during now during this time like and i get people are just extra sensitive well, they feel during like they this have time to be right defensive. now too so people are just yeah. like posting a lot of things and they're saying yeah and they're calling they're texting their black friends saying do you need me or if i is there anything i can do for you you know i'm here for you let me know like i was saying um on my ig today about how i, I have a group chat with with some white friends and we just don't talk about and it, this has happened in the past. Like, like it's you know, I don't know if we go back as far as Trayvon Martin. Maybe we do have our conversations going back as far as Trayvon Martin. But you know, just going back, thinking about all those black uh, black bodies that have that have mounted up over the last few years, particularly um, at the hands of police officers. Not once has my group chat like brought up conversation about, hey, let's talk about this. Hey, let's talk about, hey, did he they, they kill this guy that when he was unarmed? Let's talk like what what what's that all about? Oh, that's whack. Like we've never had a conversation about this. And it's just like I don't know if it's because it's a group chat and people feel awkward talking about it, or is it because people have sentiments that where well, they don't, you know, support those perspectives or being of being against the cops. Maybe they do support the cops. I don't know. It's like we because... talk, we don't talk about the Colin Kaepernick thing. Like it's always particularly like racial issues. We never bring up. Conversation. We talk about other issues though. We talk about other, other things as far as like we talk about COVID-19 and we talk about that stuff. We talk about, yeah, uh, but that doesn't carry guilt for them. Right. Or shame. There's no, vic- there's no, uh, there's no shame wrapped up in that. It. And I think wh- around race, any white person who's half awake should carry shame. I get the shame thing, but like, don't let it, don't let it. Absolutely. Don't let it so heavily you from, on you and yeah. cripple you. Yeah. I've seen people clearer this year than I think I ever have before. Like, you know, because like you're seeing people at their rawest at first with the COVID-19 thing, of course, you're seeing people like, you know, with like literally with no makeup, no haircuts, no, it's that, you know, like, like we're literally seeing people. Yeah, exactly. So we're literally seeing people for who they are. People have literally drawn lines in the sand, I think, with this whole uh, situation. People are saying, I'm tired of this. I'm speaking out against it and, and enough is enough. And then other people are not. And so it's just like, okay, all right. I see you. I acknowledge you. I acknowledge both sides. I acknowledge those people who are speaking out about it against it. And I, I, I see people who are, yeah. you know, remaining silent or, you know, choosing to post other things. And let's, uh, that's, that's, that's another thing too, is the people who just rather, you know, I just don't want to inundate. It's just so much negativity in the world. I just need to put some positivity into this world and so they just post you know cooking recipes or they, you know and so, and so they try and say that they have a niche and they just try and stick to that and you know positivity is their niche and it's just there, no, there are times to be positive yeah yeah exactly there are times to be positive and this is not <laughs> this is not that time yeah that's why i posted something on mine just saying if you're a social media influencer and you haven't said a word about this yeah i saw you post that well and i got a text from one of my friends who is an influencer and she was like i'm sorry i didn't know what to say and i was like here's what you can say i gave her like a million options of things even on tuesday you had the opportunity of least of at least just posting a black screen on your on your page you had one thing you could have done right. in solidarity and you still chose. It was like, like the that. easiest lob just, up. Like the easiest, like, yes, it was literally a lob. Like, Hey, you got this. And there were still yeah. people who just didn't participate. Like I said, even the NFL, like you had one job NFL and that's supposed to black 
square on your social media yesterday and and they didn't do it. Well, and they're saying like, oh, we're just not going to get involved. We're just not going to get yeah, involved. Yeah, and that's the, that's another thing too. Right. Like it, the, that 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 problem, that's a whole other problem is if like you don't even think there is a problem. Right. I'm just not going to get involved because there's nothing to see here. It's just like, what? What where even with the Ahmad Arbery, you have you have actual civilian people shooting you know, unarmed black men. Right. There are people out there that are actually doing this in your neighborhoods. That neighborhood in Brunswick could be anybody's neighborhood in any part of this country, particularly these smaller neighbor, these smaller cities that a lot of my white friends, families, and parents grow. Uh, I mean, live in and, and 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 you know and have have lived in for years. So I know the climate in those cities. I know what goes on in those houses and and those parties and those schools. My thing is like it's as simple as communication. Go back to your families and go back to your friends yeah, and say, that you know have okay. said yeah. things in the past and confront them about it and say like how do you still feel, like, how do you feel now or do you still feel that way and just let them know how you feel and say hey well I completely disagree with you. I think that you know I disagree with your I think you're racist and I think you're you know let them know. I I, I feel like that's what needs to happen particularly among white people is. If, if we have allies, if we have allies of white people. Yes, exactly. If we have allies in white people who say that they support us and 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 they are anti-racist, then they need to go and, and like I said, like you said, have uncomfortable conversations with families and friends who they at least know. I know, and I know that my friends have heard family and friends say racial epithets before and 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 i'm sure they didn't even hear anything you can't any, be a white person in this country that hasn't had yes. a somebody if it wasn't your grandparents it was somebody else's grandparents exactly. or something, say something that you were at a party with a bunch of white people and and a bunch of people, and somebody slipped out and it says i mean you know there are times when white people are by themselves and and i'm not surprised if if you know they choose to say you know slurs amongst each other and and and, and I, I, my issue is those who are against the slurs are passive and just let it happen and say oh that's just grandpa again or oh here we go uh you know uh that guy's an asshole for saying that you know they just say it to each amongst themselves or whatever like like oh fuck that guy he doesn't know what he's he's such a redneck asshole like they, they say that. they say all this negative stuff about these people yeah. but they don't let these people know Hey, you're a piece of shit, and that's not cool to say that. You know, I I hope you know that moving forward that that communication strengthens. I really do. Yeah. So that was it. That was it for the last episode and following up. Oh. Nice. Um. Should we jump into who we're searching for? Today? You know, I, can I ask the question? Who are we searching for this week? Because I completely, completely forgot. I, I don't remember seriously. We are searching for someone who was actually recently found. So he's super relevant right now. Uh, Leslie Jordan. Oh, I love Leslie Jordan. Yeah, huge right now. So when I put him on the list, I put him on the list um, because he was in this weird movie called ski patrol that oh yeah i remember this movie this is yeah. that was a 90s movie right yep going back to the small um video rental store by our house it was one of only <sighs> a few videos we were allowed to rent so we watched it on repeat uh-huh. so i put him on there thinking like who knows what that guy's been up to oh my goodness 
So if anybody's been paying attention, he is the darling of Instagram during oh, this now. pandemic. During the pandemic, um, though, like that's the only time he's become like. So such yeah, a when it started, he had like a couple hundred thousand followers, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and now he's got four point six million. million. Four point six. That's crazy. And that's much I want to. I'm going to see if I can play this for everybody. Because it's so good. Oh, shit. What are y'all doing? Listen to that. <laughs> this is awful. It's still March. <laughs> How many days in March? When is April going to fucking get here? <laughs> my, my mother holding up the steps asking me who I'm talking to. I'm talking to my friends. Mama, quit bothering me. Uh, He's so good. He's so good. I love it so much. Just that Southern accent. And he's this uh, tiny little just, actor. And he's an actor too. Like, but he's a legit actor. Like he he's a legit a, actor. Every time I've seen him in anything, like I just believe his character. I mean, he's I, so they, good. They, they cast him perfectly as anytime as this little gay yeah. Southern <laughs> man or whatever. But it's, it's just, he does it so well. Yeah. So he definitely is super current. I hadn't been paying attention to him, but he literally, so he moved to LA in like 84, 82 or 84. And then he's been acting since 1986 and he has been in a television show or a film every year, if not more, more than one TV show, excuse me, or film every year since 1986. Like, his rap sheet is so long. Yes, he's in so God, many things. Um, he was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So he's oh, from my mom's from Chattanooga. Sweet little southern accent. Um, yeah. His father died when he was 11. Um, and what he says is that he has a very supportive mother who never quite understood him. And mm. um, when <laughs> it's just so funny, like when he's asked about, he was asked in an interview about, growing up in the South and what that was like is, you know, a, a gay man. And he said, I was baptized 14 times. Every time the preacher would say, come forward sinners, I'd say, Oh, I was out in the woods with that boy. I better go forward. <laughs> Imagine that in his voice. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> but he, so, you know, again, he's been in a ton of TV shows. He's best known for his roles um, as Lonnie Gar in hearts of fire, which I never watched that show. It was Hearts on 1993 to 95. It had John I Ritter. Remember, remember John Ritter from Three yeah. Company um, and Linda Bloodworth. And Bloodworth. it was, yeah, it was on CBS. Um, no, I didn't watch CBS shows. I, don't he, he just, I remember him on some other show, though. Like maybe it was 90s or, or early 80s. Really? <sighs> so, okay. He was on The Cool Kids. But that was 2018, 2019. He was in. Yeah, that was later. He was ser- several characters in American Horror Story. Again, that's current. Mm-hmm. He that's was current. Beverly Leslie on Will and Grace, uh, which I, I love think Beverly a lot of people Leslie. Know from. So um, funny. And then he has stage performances he did. So he was in um, Sorted Lives. He has his own um, stage show that he obviously wrote and directed. When he moved to LA, he did get into some drugs and alcohol and he says one time he when he was arrested he spent the night in jail with um he he shared a cell with robert downey jr 
Yeah, he tells his story on his IG. Like I've, yeah. I've heard him tell that story. Yeah, and then when they were both on Alley Meet Bill together, Downey couldn't figure out how he knew him. <laughs> but he yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was a Robert Downey Jr. was a mess back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, everybody can really go Google him because his rap sheet. I'm not even gonna read. Through oh all man, he's been working, working. Insane. Yeah, it's insane. Southern Baptist Sissies is one of his stage shows. Um, That's so appropriate. I love anyway, it. Follow him on IG if you're not already. But yeah, I mean, tons of television, tons of film. He was in The Help. Was he? Which, da da da, I was able to link him to our star, Rick Moranis. How was he linked to Rick, Rick Moranis? So, this took me a minute. The director, writer, Tate Taylor for The Help was an actor in I Spy with Owen Wilson, who was in Life Aquatic with Bill Murray, who was in Ghostbusters with Rick, <laughs> with Rick Moranis. Moranis. Was that Six Degrees? I mean, I mean, oh, you didn't tell me I had to keep it limited. No, no, no it is, it's not. I just always, you know, Six Degrees of Separation is a thing. So I just oh, wondered if, if maybe he was degree separated. Anyway, Leslie's not lost. He's super relevant and super current. Yeah. Um, oh. He is rumored to have a book in the works of kind of like his little life stories and snippets, which again, if you watch him on Instagram, are hilarious. Um, yes. And he, they just announced he's going to have a recurring role on Call Me Cat which is a Fox mm-hmm. show that stars someone that we've discussed before. Mayim Bialik. Mayim no, Bialik. Blossom. Mayim. Blossom. Is it Mayim? Yeah, anyway, she's the star. Blossom's the star. The creators are the same people that created Big Bang Theory. But he's going to um, oh, okay. star in that. It's, Although you wonder the how they're going to be making shows. but Yeah, I know. Uh, clearly people are going to have to get back to that normalcy of filming. So um, I, I think, I think they've, they're they're going to start back pretty soon. With, Do you get with hazard them. pay? Like, are you risking your life? Right. I mean, that's the thing too. Is they probably just got to test every single. I mean, they have Hollywood dollars, so they can test every single person with the quick with the rapid test thing or whatever. And yeah, I'm right. pretty sure Hollywood's sure. going to get a different. Hollywood's going to get going to get a different treatment of uh, social distancing and COVID nineteen. It's going to ask for all kinds of crazy money. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know how they're going to pull that off. RuPaul's Drag Race. Sorry. Yeah, he's a, he's a judge on there a couple of times. Housewives. Every show, just everybody, every show you've seen in the last 20 years, he was at least, if he wasn't a recurring guest, he was on at least an episode. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. We talked what? about that last. Yes. I mean, everything. He's been on everything. He was so good as Beverly Leslie on Will and Grace. That's oh, just, I, I literally just go back and for him. Had to I go on YouTube and I watch Karen and Beverly Leslie fights on uh, like like oh, the best of so type good. things. It's just so funny to watch them just go back and forth. I just laugh. It just, it's, Pee-wee's Playhouse. What? Yes. He was on an episode of Pee-wee's Playhouse? Because I do That's love Pee-wee's Playhouse. Playhouse Busby. Was his role? It does not say a number of episodes here. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Pee-wee's Playhouse was on Netflix for a little while. I loved it. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, Beverly hey. Les. I mean, Beverly Leslie. Leslie Jordan. <laughs> he just makes my day. Like I, I literally. Feel like we could get. Laugh. I feel like we could get Leslie Jordan on here. You think it'd be easy to get him on here? Not easy. He's so big now. God, he's so big now. Him. I bet he you when he had two hundred thousand followers, we could have gotten him. Yeah. Oh. Ski Patrol well, was a nice. We, we can act like we can act like him. Well, shit. What are y'all doing? I can we can we can fake his voice and act like he's on the show. 
Well, shit. Oh, that was pretty good. Um, so we can wrap up this episode. I mean, at the end of the day, it's definitely, I didn't have to search for him very far. I can talk about, I can talk about my IG poll, I guess. Oh, well, I did have an IG poll. I had one that I remembered and because oh, okay. I, I do so much bull. Uh, one particularly was how do you cut your sandwich? People swear that if you cut it, Oh, I saw uh, this. If you, you cut it diagonally with the triangle, you get more sandwich that way. I don't believe so the more sandwich the thing. Sandwich. It's adult sandwich versus kid sandwich. I don't think there's a such thing as any of them. I'll cut my sandwich in a square if I want to. This That's fine. This is the thing. I like a little toasted bread. And if you're going to toast the bread, having it in the triangle, you start with the pointy end into your mouth first. Otherwise, if you're biting into that square, that toast kind of rubs on your face a little. That is not a thing. That is a thing. That is not a thing. Anyway, it's just a better bite. It's not more. That Whoever said more doesn't understand physics. But Yeah, it, it's. It, I think that was the joke. I mean, the joke on, <laughs> on the on the moon okay. was that there's more bread on, if you do a triangle-wise. But, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure – most people probably do the triangle. If I mean, you went to a I, restaurant I, I, and ordered a sandwich, like a club or something, I don't think I've they're going to cut that club into the square. Can I tell you, uh, I'm trying to think. Now, the, the deli that I go to, or I used to go, well, I still go to it. it there is a place called Ruben's Deli. It's down on Broad Street in downtown. And it's like a classic New York style deli. You even yell out the order. It's great food. I love it so much. But they, they have these big, oversized sandwiches and you know regular size you know regular bread and i want to say they cut it square style now, they don't cut it over, style. now that's a different situation if it's an oversized sandwich i don't think the triangle works because you're going to have stuff falling out of those corners a little bit as you're eating so you have to do the square but that's because you're being forced to because it's so overloaded and this is a novelty sandwich. It's not an everyday sandwich. The picture you posted What's was a novelty sandwich. Oh, you're not going sandwich. to a deli or whatever. Yeah, they have those like they literally put three it's pounds of meat, like yeah. ridiculous stuff. Like you're not making that sandwich at home. At the end of the day, I think we can both agree that those sandwiches should be cut into triangles. And I really appreciate the fact that Jared agrees with me. This is Searching, episode six, signing off. Good night, guys. This episode of Searching for Rick was brought to you by the movie Underworld. It came out 20 years ago, but for some reason they wanted to sponsor this episode. Thank you, Underworld. Underworld.